0: We believe in long-term value potential and so we may pause or lower distributions in the short term in order to maximize long-term potential. You're listening to The Life & Money Show, a podcast that brings you the stories and strategies of people who are living a meaningful and intentional life by design, building true wealth for their families, and impacting the world around them. And now here are your hosts, Annie Dickerson and Julie Lamb. Hello, everyone. I'm Annie Dickerson and together with With the amazing Julie Lamb, we are excited to welcome you to another episode of the Life and Money Show, where we talk about all things life and money. Today, we're going to focus on something very near and dear to all of you, I'm sure, which is distributions on the investments that you might have made. Now even if you haven't yet invested in a real estate syndication, I'm sure you can imagine <laughs> that's a big part of why you might invest is you want to see those distributions. And especially with all the conversations we've had of late around rising interest rates and a potential recession, this is when things get real and when you really see the difference between the strong operators and those with less experience. So we wanted to dive into that today and talk a little bit about what distributions can mean for the health of the asset and what you should be doing and thinking about as a passive investor. All right. But before we dive into that, just wanted to share a little bit personally on what's going on in our lives. Julie and I were just talking about, we love these, I guess they're like personality tests. I majored in psychology in college and I've always been fascinated by the different lenses with which you can view yourself and your life And I remember for a long time being obsessed with the Myers-Briggs. I am an INFJ, by the way, which is the most rare type. Of Myers Briggs. We've done the DISC, DISC, that assessment. And of late, the latest thing I picked up was a book about the Enneagram. Now, I've heard of the Enneagram. People have mentioned it to me. They're like, you should take this. I think you're this number, this number. I had no idea what they meant. But anyway, they say there are no coincidences and no accidents. So I was at the bookstore, secondhand bookstore in Berkeley the other day. And Happened to see this book called The Sacred Enneagram. And, you know, normally I'd be like, "Ah, I have time for that, or I'm not interested in that. But for whatever reason that day, I was like, huh. This looks interesting. Let me read more about this. And then I discovered that the Enneagram isn't just a modern-day personality test, but it's actually this age-old framework. It has been developed a long time ago and through the years has been refined further and further. Anyway, at a high level, there's nine different types. They're all associated with certain things you're fixated on, but also a childhood wound, and then it offers opportunities for you to then integrate and fill in the gaps in your personality and in your soul, in your life, so that you can become more whole. And so each one, it's uncanny, I tell you, as I read this. There's free tests that you can take, or you can just kind of read about the nine different types and kind of more or less, usually something will stand out to you and you'll realize, oh, I think I'm that one. And then there's something called a wing. Again, I'm still learning about all this, so I am not an expert. If you are an expert, reach out to me. (laughs) (laughs) And <laughs> we could talk further about it. You can teach me everything you know. You're sort of dominant type. And then there's a wing, which is kind of something that you're also strong in, but is not your dominant type. And so for me, my type is three, which is, I'm sure you won't be surprised, the achiever. So I'm always doing, 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 trying to execute, make more things, build more things. And the part that was really uncanny for me when I read, it was something that, It always resonated inside me, but I didn't didn't really know it was a thing until I read this. And it said that type threes can often be highly emotionally intelligent and emotionally present for others, but often they can be out of touch with their own emotions. What? mic drop, right? It was like my mind was completely blown in that moment. I was like, how do they know this about me? It makes sense because if you trace it back, Threes, their childhood wound is that they were often rewarded and praised for things that they did and accomplished. So as a kid, I won all these awards. I had straight A's. I played piano. I was in the orchestra. I did all these things. And it was always about, oh, you're so great. You did this. And I was got all this praise for all those things, right? But then what that does is then you start to repress some of those emotions because those emotions kind of get in the way of you being able to do more and achieve achieve more. And so that's what I've learned over the years is to kind of disconnect from my my emotions. So that's the journey that I'm on is to reconnect with myself and really figure out not just what other people think of me and my accomplishments, but what do I really think? And so that's the journey I'm on. And the beauty of it, it's the Enneagram has really, learning more about it has really given me greater empathy and compassion for everybody. Because I know even if somebody looks perfect and happy on the outside, we're all on a journey. We're all striving for something. We're all experiencing challenges, albeit different types of challenges or different scale of challenges, but nevertheless, we're all here so that we can grow and learn. And so if you know nothing about the Enneagram and you don't have time for it, that's cool. Don't worry about any of this. But if you're curious, you can always go and just Google it and you can learn more about the types and yeah, we'd love to hear if you do take it and do find some insights that are valuable. We'd love to hear about them. We're always nerding out about stuff like that. But anyway, with that, let's go ahead and transition. Part of the personality tests is we're always trying to get to know ourselves better and other people on our team better, as well as all of you. better as well and so if you are looking to get to know us better we are starting to offer these sessions called good egg popovers where you can come in it's very casual session just introduce yourself get to know some other members of the community as well and ask us your questions hear what other people are asking about and so if you're so inclined we'd love to have you Good Egg Popovers are twice a week, Tuesdays and Thursdays at 11.30 a.m. Pacific. And to find out more and to register, you can go to goodegginvestments.com popovers. And of course, if you're interested in investing alongside us, we'd love to have you. You can go to goodegginvestments.com invest to learn more. Okay, so... With that, let's go ahead and dive into what we're going to talk about today, which is asset performance and distributions. Now, a little context here, because in the recent episodes, we've been talking about rising interest rates, we've been talking about inflation, we've been talking about a potential recession, and of course, All of these things don't happen in a vacuum. They impact not only you and your personal finances, but also the real estate properties that we're investing in. And so there's a number of things that we do behind the scenes, just as we talked about on the last episode with you preparing your personal finances proactively for a potential recession. Well, we're doing the same thing for each of the assets in our portfolio, making sure that we have full visibility on the performance and we're auditing, we're reviewing the performance on a daily and weekly basis. And we're also planning ahead for what might happen. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that here in a moment and talking about really how that relates also to distributions, because for you as a passive investor, a distribution really is one of your main ways of being able to tell if your investments are healthy, because that's why you invest in the first place, right, is to get those cash flow distributions And that long-term growth, but a lot of it is you want to see those ongoing distributions, which in many cases for many investors, that signals to you, hey, this asset is doing well. It's meeting the projections. I don't have to worry about that one. I can go on with my life. Ideal scenario right? But there are a number of things that go on behind the scenes, decisions that are made, not only based on the health of the asset, but also what's going on in the wider economy and what we uh, foresee as potentially coming down the road. And so that's what we wanted to talk about here is that the cash flow distributions are really just the tip of the iceberg. And there's so much more that goes on behind the scenes. And we know right now there are, we hear left and right, it's Unfortunately, there are a lot of properties out there, a lot of groups who are struggling with assets that they have maybe acquired in the previous months and years that now as things are starting to turn, the asset perfor- the, the assets aren't performing up to standards and they're in trouble. They Haven't foreseen what's going on now, nor what's going to happen. And so we've heard stories of people who are facing some very, very difficult decisions, very difficult conversations. And so we want to arm you and equip you, whether you're investing with us or not, to arm you with the information so that you can be an informed investor, ask the right questions, get the information that you need so that you can make the best decisions for whatever's within your control. All right. So let's talk about, let's dig deeper. Okay. So For a lot of investors, they're really thinking of the distributions as, like I mentioned, if we're hitting the distributions, great. Everything's gravy. Everything's going, that must mean everything's going well. And that can often be the case, but there's a little more going on behind the scenes. And so let's start there because there's a whole spectrum here. And so. This goes from, at the best case scenario, exceeding those projected distributions down to meeting the projected distributions, to distributing less than what was projected, to pausing those distributions over a period of time, so you're not getting any payouts currently, but those might be accruing, to then a capital call where you may have to put in additional capital or possibly a partial or total loss of the investment, which is not what anybody wants. And so there's a whole spectrum here. It's not just meeting or not meeting. So let's talk about each of these. So let's start with exceeding or meeting projections. So when distributions are made either at or above original projections, that typically means that the asset is not only performing well, but that the asset also has ample reserves. So there's plenty of reserves and there's enough money above and beyond that to then distribute out so for us what this means is once we ensure we have plenty of reserves and that the asset is healthy and on a good trajectory then we're able to distribute the full projected amount and in some cases though rare in some cases we're even able to distribute more than originally projected though given where we are in the market cycle right now and all that might be coming down the road it's always better to keep that extra cash in the deal for reserves because none of us quite know exactly what will happen so it's always better to have greater contingencies and backup plans you're probably familiar with that exceeding or meeting projections you're like yep Great. That is what I'm expecting. Now, the trouble comes when a deal isn't meeting projections. And so let's dive into those scenarios and what might be going on behind the scenes. So, let's talk next about when distributions might be below pro forma or below those projections, or they might be paused for a period of time. So I'm going to speak for us personally. I know there are a lot of groups out there do things different ways, but for us, because our number one priority is capital preservation, in other words, making sure that we protect your initial investment at all costs, we don't want you to, very least, we want to be able to give that back to you, if not meeting those projections that we had originally set out. But that capital preservation is our number one priority, but we also prioritize the health of the asset. And that might mean making the decision to pause or lower distributions for a period of time so that we maintain that health of the asset. Now, it's important to note, and this is very important, if nothing else you take away from this episode, please hear this. It's important to note that pausing or distributing a lower amount does not necessarily mean that the asset is in trouble or performing poorly. In many cases, the asset might be doing just fine, but maybe we're being extra cautious given market conditions and want to build further cash reserves. And in fact, most of the assets in our portfolio have over a million dollars in reserves to hedge against that potential uncertainty. And we believe in long-term value potential, and so we may pause or lower distributions in the short term in order to maximize long-term potential.
1: Have you been thinking about investing in real estate, but aren't sure you have the time or the desire to manage the investment? Perhaps you're afraid, like we were, that you'll make the mistake of choosing the wrong market or the wrong team and lose your entire investment. Well, that's exactly why we created the Good Egg Investor Club. We do the work of identifying solid real estate investment opportunities in the best markets around the country and then partner with you to acquire these investments and then we'll all share in the returns. We could put our money to work for our families, work less, and get more time back in our days so that we could focus on what matters most and discover our true passion and purpose in life. We've now helped hundreds of people invest passively in real estate syndications and are seeing the positive impact it's had on their lives.
0: So what does all that mean for you? It means when you get into an investment, you might be planning to receive certain distributions on certain dates based on the projections. But as you know, investment is never guaranteed. And so... This is particularly pertinent for those of you who we've gotten questions about, oh, these returns look great. Should I take out a loan? Should I get a HELOC or home equity line of credit to be able to then pull that money out and invest? And this is where things get troublesome because if you do that, you've got a monthly payment you've got to make on that loan. But if a distribution is paused for whatever reason, That might put you in a tough spot. You're going to have to reach into your own pockets to pay off that interest. Even though that cash flow is still, those returns are still accruing, they're just not being paid out right now. So that's just something to consider as you're making your own personal investment decisions. But the important takeaway here is... Just because a deal is choosing to pause or distribute less than projections, it doesn't necessarily mean that the asset is in trouble. Now, does it mean you should ask questions and be cautious? Absolutely. (laughs) You should ask questions so that you understand what's going on behind the scenes. Because if you don't ask, maybe there was trouble. It just slides, right? But this is your opportunity to say, wait a second, I'm not getting what I was expecting to get. Let me dig in a little bit further here. And you might ask the question, hey, so why isn't this distributing at the full amount? Or why have you chosen to pause distributions? And then you might hear from the operator and they might say, well, we're building up our reserves. And in that case, great. That's good that they're being proactive and thinking ahead and planning for contingencies and making sure that they're not just operating blindly and just going ahead with the business plan without any thought of what might be coming, right? That's a red flag too. And we've certainly been part of those deals before where even when things went wrong, the operator still kept going with the same business plan, renovating at the same speed, not adding any reserves. And then eventually things got into hot water. It's actually a good thing when you reach out and you hear, okay, the operator has proactively paused or reduced distributions, not because the asset is in trouble, but because they're being proactive about planning for what might becoming because they want to protect my capital and they want to protect the health of the asset. So that can tell you a lot of great things about the operator and their asset management chops, because the ones that are blindly forging ahead without fortifying their reserves, those are the ones that may get into some trouble here, especially if we enter a recession and the market shifts further. So far, we're still let's say, above the line, so to speak, right? Because you're not losing any of your original capital. So even if distributions are paused for a period of time, your original capital is still protected. And if assuming that the operator is making wise strategic decisions and building up reserves, that's all dandy. And that means your investment is still healthy, But things start to go south when you start to see things like a capital call or a potential loss of your original investment. And this is something we protect against at all costs. We do on the front end all sorts of stress tests and analyses, and we test our assumptions again and again. We look at the investment from every possible angle to ensure we have ample reserves. We have the right debt in place. We have the right amount of capital in the deal so that it never gets to a point of having to make a capital call. And to date, we've done 40 syndications. We've successfully exited 20 of them as of this recording, and we've never had to make a capital call. We don't anticipate ever having to make one, and we will continue to protect against that at all costs. But nevertheless, If you are invested in a deal, perhaps with another operator where there is a capital call, and we've heard about this from a number of our investors, they come to us and tell us about other deals that they've invested in where there might currently be a capital call. So let's talk about what that means. So when a capital call is made, that means you're being asked to contribute further funds into the deal. So if you invested 50K originally, there might be a capital call for you to put in more than that original 50K. Now, generally this happens when the deal is poorly managed and has run out of reserves. And usually this is a last ditch effort to save the deal, so to speak. Further, depending on how they structure it or how they put out the capital call, if you're unable or choose not to contribute further funds, that could mean that your original shares in the deal could be diluted. Now, as I mentioned, we have never done a capital call and on any of our deals, and we work very hard to ensure that we will never have to go there. But this conversation we're having now about the reserves, that's a huge part of that, making sure that every deal that we do has ample reserves. Most, the vast majority of all the deals that we've done have reserves above and beyond a million dollars. And it's often calculated based on a certain amount of reserves you want to have per door or per unit. And usually we exceed that just because we want to be extra cautious. But if you are currently in an investment where there is a capital call, it's a tricky situation and we're not in a position to give you any investment advice, but is a tough situation to be in because you have to weigh whether you believe in the project and the operator enough to put further capital at risk to try to turn this thing around, or whether you risk potentially losing or diluting some of your original investment. So it's not a fun place to be. Again, we're not in a position to give out investment advice, But if there's anything that we can do, if you want to just talk about it, talk through your options, ask questions about things that maybe the operators you're investing with aren't giving you information on or you're not quite understanding what's going on, feel free. You can reach out to our team at any point. You can go to our website. You can find our phone number to reach us, schedule a call with our investor relations team. And unfortunately, you know, our team is having a lot of these conversations lately, not about capital calls on our deals, but on some of the investments that our investors have made with other operators. So it's tough market out there. There's a lot of things happening that are outside of a lot of these operators, outside of their control. And that's why we work so hard to make sure we have those reserves because there aren't a lot of things that can happen outside of our control. And we want to make sure that we plan ahead and be proactive with that as much as possible. But anyway, so feel free to reach out to us or you can email us at relations at And we'd be happy to lend an ear and see if there's anything we can do to help All right. And then the bottom rung here is a loss, either a partial or total loss of your original investment. And this is the absolute worst case scenario. And we do everything in our power to not only prevent this from happening, but to ensure that we don't even get close to losing any of your original capital. As you know, capital preservation is always will remain our number one priority. Julie and I are investing in these deals right alongside you. And often we see it as a greater responsibility to steward your capital. So even more than our own. And so our whole team is working extremely hard around the clock, not only on the front end with acquisitions, making sure we're finding the right opportunities, putting the right debt into place, finding the right partners that we're working with, finding the right property management teams and setting them up for success, but also on the back end, as you invest with us, you're partnering with us for many years at a time and lots can happen in three to five years time. Things like inflation can happen, interest rate rise can happen, recessions can happen. And so that's why it's so important to really get to know the people that you're investing with, because they're going to be acting on your behalf, at least on behalf of your investment, as those things come to pass. And so again, if there's anything at all we can do to support you with any investments that you are currently in or you're considering, whether with us or not, we'd love to help. We're here. You don't have to invest with us. That's not why we do this. We do this because we want you to be armed with information and have the best resources available so that you can make the right decisions for your personal financial situation, for your family, and for your wealth trajectory. And so again, if you are interested in investing alongside us, you can go to goodeginvestments.com/slash invest. If you're interested in learning about our current opportunity, which is good egg wealth fund. Two, we're investing in multiple multifamily assets in the Sunbelt region, so Arizona, Texas, Florida, and the Carolinas. We're seeing tons of really great opportunities. We just have to know where to look, but we're finding some real gems, and we've got our first Asset in the fund in Orlando, Florida, class A property, 215 units. That's already under contract and going really well. Our second asset based in Phoenix is also underway. And so we're very excited about this opportunity because it offers that built-in diversification, which especially in the face of a looming recession is super important because there could be something that goes wrong with any one of them. But once you bundle these investments, these deals together, that really provides you as an investor some added protection and some added recession resilience. And so again, if you're interested in Good Egg Wealth Fund 2, you can go to goodeginvestments.com fund 2. That's goodegginvestmentscom fund and the number 2. All right. With that, thank you for joining us for another episode of the Life and Money Show. We hope you've gotten some good nuggets out of this conversation and we hope to see you on the next episode. Thanks so much, and have a sunny side update. You've been listening to The Life & Money Show, the number one podcast for people who, like you, are living a meaningful and intentional life by design, building true wealth, and making an impact in the world. For more resources, check out goodegginvestments.com and be sure to join the Life & Money Show community on Facebook. And if you got value out of this show, please subscribe and give us a five-star review so we can continue to bring you amazing new conversations.